Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This season, the funniest guys in baseball... Just take a deep breath and let it rip. ...are back. <laughs> Mr. Buzz got nailed by that missile. ...in a completely different league. Please, send me one real baseball player. And if you can't, you might as well just strike me dead. They're just nine players short of a dream team. You are out of here! They're not just your normal players. The hood helps Serrano focus. Well, all I know is it looks dumb as hell and he has to be led up to home plate. They train different. Could have been called for unnecessary roughness on that one. They run different. Lance the Dance scores on what appears to be a double cell cow and a triple axle thrown into. And they catch different. Like Pops next play. <clears throat> there are two kinds of baseball. There's Big League, and then there's Little League. That smells a little bit like a challenge. You can either play the buzz, you can have the entire world of baseball call you a coward. I'm going to give you the beating of your life. We'll see about that. Yeah, we will. These guys are just crazy enough We're gonna leap like a gazelle. Mm -hmm. to try something crazy. Let's go out there and take a bite out of the big team's ass. Beat them into submission! I want you to hit the ball into another zip code. Yes, sir. Major League, back to the minors. So much for beating them in a submission. Shut up! The diamond has never been so rough. Get the trainer. Better bring a bag of ice. Welcome to They Called Us a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Called Us a Movie and find us on Twitter and Instagram at TickTamPod. That's T-C-D-A-M-Pod. We are also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation and you could find them at GVNation.com. Welcome back to They Called Us a Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchio and with me as always is Dan Aquino and Mark Meyer. Say hello, gentlemen, and please refrain from making any jokes about Jada Pinkett Smith. Hello, friends. <laughs> Damn. Um, okay. <laughs> we can't. We can't uh, have Will Smith knocking on your door, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, he uh, is from Philly, Mark. So this is yeah. a very real possibility. I mean, I mean, we could talk it out. Um, I could show. I could show him some Johns, and he could, you know, <laughs> decide if he likes them, and then we can go to the plateau. 
cheesesteaks? Is that a thing? Is that still a Philly thing? Yes. Yes. Okay. Cheesesteaks are still a Philly thing, Dan. I didn't know if you guys gave that up or not. <laughs> nope. Uh, yeah, so uh, before we get into this week's movie, gentlemen, what have you watched this week? Anything? Yeah, uh, I watched nothing crazy. I just I watched the first episode of the Halo series on Paramount Plus. Uh, okay. Yeah, uh, it's first episode, and they're they're releasing one every week. Okay. Um, Dan, and... can I ask you a question before you get into it? Absolutely not. Uh, no, go ahead. <laughs> no, please, <laughs> please do. You, do. Do you do you pay for Paramount Plus? I'll never tell. <laughs> it's I, I I I honestly now I'm not criticizing you if you are, but um I don't that's one of the ones that I'm like I don't really hear people talk about having. Is the yeah, reason yeah. I, I do not pay for it, no. Okay. Yeah, I, I will I, tell I, you. I will never that... pay for that garbage uh <laughs> platform. It is the worst platform I've ever been a witness to. It's terrible. terrible. Yeah, it's so it's anti-user friendly. The the opposite of user friendly. It's fu- it's slow. Half the time the movies don't won't load. Awful, awful. Yeah, it, it's so bad. It, I was surprised I got to watch the the first episode of Halo without incident twice because I watched it once by myself and once with Jen. Mm-hmm. She wanted to watch it, but uh, again, first episode, so I don't want to uh, you know be too harsh on it, but not great start. I would say uh, the the special effects look like they're pulled straight out of the Xbox game themselves. Not saying they're terrible, but for a big budget production, I expected better. Um, I, yeah. I, I'm I'm interested in seeing where the the story goes, but I, I wasn't really impressed. I'll say that. So 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 what you're saying is it's the second best CGI slash green screen you watched this week. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, I have. I, I definitely have some notes about that. Um, and I, I also watched on HBO Max, Our our Flag Means Death. Okay. And wow. yeah, very funny. It's a, a pretty, I think it's essentially it's like a pirate spoof. Um, some really good actors in it. I believe Taika Waititi is the executive producer on it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's pretty funny. Jen and I watched the first three episodes of it. And uh, I was laughing my ass off. So if you have HBO Max, I would highly recommend watching that. I, th- I think you guys would enjoy it at least. Yeah, I, I, I saw I've read good things about it. I know Tycho was part of it. And I know uh, uh, Reese Darby, who was in uh, Flight of the Concords, is part of it, too. Yes. So I was like, so I've been interested in that, but I haven't checked it out yet. And, I actually yeah, didn't even realize. OK, I didn't realize the Halo series came out yet. So that's not in my uh, field of vision, to be honest with you. Yeah. Besides I, the fact that it's on Paramount Plus, it's also Halo and I don't really care. Yeah, I, I think it's more I, I was interested in I wanted to see how everything looked. And obviously, I I like the Halo games, having played with our group of friends and all that. So I was interested in just checking it out. And Steven Spielberg is a producer on it. And I think he's he's been dying to get a Halo movie or series off the ground for quite a while. It just it it was cool to see Master Chief in live action. Um, I, I forget. I don't know how you pronounce his last name. Pablo. Um, oh, oh! I thought I thought you were talking about John Halo. Uh, yeah, John Halo. Halo Pablo uh, Pablo Schreiber. Schreiber. Yeah. Schreiber. Yeah. He he's Master Chief. Um, yeah, he's I like him. He's a good actor. I I think. I first saw him in Orange is the New Black, right? He was mustache. Yep, porn stash. Uh, porn yeah. stash, yeah. 
Yeah. So he's a solid actor. I, I like him. He's apparently he's in talks to be Wolverine or uh I saw that for Marvel. And I you know, I'm I'm not gonna be a purist here. He's too tall. Uh, it's gotta be Hugh Jackman is what you're saying. Oh yes. It, no, <laughs> it, it it has to be someone who's five foot two. If it's not someone who's five foot two, I riot. Okay. It's gotta be a short king. Got it. Gotta be a short so, king. No, so I Joe it, Rogan. That's right. If if Pablo Schreiber were to become Wolverine, I would be I would be excited for it. He, I like him. Okay, cool. All right, what about you, Mark? Anything? No, no, just um, I didn't watch anything this week. Um, I just have one thing since I can talk s- one slight thing about the Batman that because Tia wasn't was here last week, I didn't. Um, I just want to ask Dan because one of the parts that I laughed out loud and I was the only one that didn't in the theater was when they were uh, interrogating the Penguin. And he shows him the picture, and the penguin in his accent goes, "What are you showing me that for?" Come on! I think it's supposed to be serious and intense, but just the thickness of the accent, I just busted out laughing in the middle of my movie theater. At well, it, I'll, I'll tell you what, I I'm actually looking forward to the Penguin HBO Max series. I'm I'm interested to see what they do with that character and how yeah they uh yeah. how Colin Farrell continues that role. Yeah, yeah, it was just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were other scenes that people chuckled at that I don't think they're being funny, but that was the only thing that I literally had to laughed and then felt like all the eyes were looking at me in the theater. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> I, I, that got some laughs at uh, my screen. Okay. Maybe I was at a bad screening. But oh, yeah. Man. yeah, that was that was really good. But oh, anyway, cool. yep, I have not watched um, anything this week. Um, yeah. And looking forward to the Penguin series, as Dan had mentioned. Okay. As for me, I've only watched a couple of things this week. In terms of movies, the only thing I watched this week was the movie Fresh, which is on Hulu. Stars Sebastian Stan as uh, a uh, a creep. I don't want to get too much into it because uh, Tommy I Lee mean, himself. Yeah, I think most of the things are spoilers, but uh, it's pretty good. I watched it because uh, Halloween is Forever did an episode on it a couple of weeks ago. Figured I'd check it out. It was interesting. I'd give it a watch. It's it's pretty pretty quick. And a fascinating story. Um, besides that, my wife and I, or my wife has watched and I've been in the uh, the the room for it. So it's become my guilty pleasure of the week has been the second season of Bridgerton. And there's far less fucking going on, which is a disappointment. Oh. But, you know, it's not not a terrible watch. How does that happen? Right. How, how do you take the best part of a show and just limit that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You remove the sexy dude in it, and you're like, all right, well, let's try and build a, around everybody else, I suppose. Well, wait, this isn't everyone sexy. I thought that was like the whole thing, right? But the the what's his name, the Rage or whatever his name is, uh, um, that was the big star from last year is, isn't in oh, it. This season. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, yeah, yes. that makes sense. Yeah, because no, he's not, not every series the... can be Euphoria. So right, that's true. But uh, yeah, that's it. That's it this week, because we're already like on episode seven or eight of eight. So that's been our, our watching. And yeah, a lot of stuff going around just around the house. So I haven't gotten a chance to watch and I started playing some video games instead of watching. But that's not that's not for this podcast. That's, that's the wrong podcast <laughs> that, to talk about. Is that, is, that, is that an offer to be the third channel in the other podcast? Oh, God. No, <laughs> I mean, I don't have to edit that, so... Maybe if you need it, <laughs> but uh, no, I'm not trying to weasel my way in. No, no, we have plans anyway, but good, good. I'm glad. <laughs> Honestly, one podcast is, I think, 
is the max for most people, right? You mean, you Multiple mean, you podcasts, two podcasts, is tough. and three streams a week is what you're saying. <laughs> when we when we had when I was on two podcasts, I did barely. First of all, I've done no work on any of the podcasts. <laughs> I mean, there was points where you were on three podcasts at once, right? Yeah, that's true. MC, did the MCU ever cross over with Stranger Damies? I'm sure it did. It might have, but again, I did no work you on didn't that. Do <laughs> but not out of you know not wanting to do it. I just no one, no one was like, yeah, Dan, Dan you do this. <laughs> Dan just coasts through life, having other people do every all the podcast work for him. But just out of out of sheer luck, sheer stupid luck. It's it's never been out of I don't want to do it. It's just been yeah, someone someone else had volunteered that uh, <laughs> that yeah. honor. You ever think it's just because no one trusts you on the technical side of things? Oh, I, do, I don't trust myself. <laughs> I can barely get my microphone to work. Everybody else is like, mm, we got it. Yeah. Don't worry about it, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> no. you, you just show up and we'll handle the rest. Good boy. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That's all I watched this week. Not much. Um, but we're going to take a quick break so you can list some ads so we can pay those bills. We'll be back in a second. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome back. Now it's time to get into this week's movie. And this week was our March movie of the month. And we decided to go baseball movies. So we pitted against each other. We pitted Mr. 3000, which was Dan's pick. Mark's pick, which was Summer Catch, which unfortunately did not win. And that means... It has to retire until you, you, you let me down, FPJ. You let me down. <laughs> and yeah, not even a, not even a like, not even, not a, even like. a like. And retweet. and POTUS, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> didn't you? Joe Biden didn't like anything. <laughs> yeah. mm. I, I think his his, was a sign. his mind is a little preoccupied. Can you imagine if yeah. like like I have to take a break from trying to end end a war? to uh, vote on this podcast uh, yeah. movie. Yeah, don't, don't think I won't remember this in 2024 there, <laughs> Sleepy Joe. Yep. <laughs> that would be a great reason. Oh, he lost by one vote. <laughs> Should have picked Summer Catch. Yeah. Uh, but, and then the third one was the one that won in a runoff vote because it tied with Mr. 3000 was Major League Back to the Minors. And this was my pick from 1998. And I've seen this movie plenty of times. I've seen this. I think I've rented it a couple of times and watched it at least two, three times, probably on HBO in the late 90s, a couple of times. And I thought I was going to hate this movie because the things that I remember very distinctly is the terrible CG baseball effects yes. and the green screen shots Aww. that they apparently stole from the previous two movies. Um, 
but I kind of enjoyed myself with this movie. It's not very good, but what I like about it is how determined it is to not sweat the small stuff. And what I mean by that is that it starts quick. You know, you get, you get, you see Scott Bakula throw two pitches and then we're off and he's, he's done playing. And then now he's all of a sudden he's coaching and we need, we know we need to bring Tanaka into this, this movie and we need to bring Serrano into this, but do we need to think of a logical way why these guys get in here? No, for some reason, Tanaka for some reason is running a miniature golf course in a random place that they were driving past and Scott Bakula just assumes it's Tanaka and sure enough it is uh the yeah i think the biggest thing that is a detriment to this movie is the fact that it has the major league label on it if it wasn't if it was just a a baseball movie obviously you would lose this Pedro serrano you would lose tanaka you lose rube and corbin burnson but um it's fun it's it's very minor league baseball it feels it feels like a minor league baseball game you know you forget that whether yep. or not that plays seven innings or nine innings and you go home, you didn't really care who won or who lost. And you probably didn't watch a whole lot of the game. <laughs> that's, <laughs> <It's> drinking. <laughs> that's, that's basically what it's like to be at a minor league baseball game. And that's basically what this movie is. It's feeling like you're at a minor league game. We've got minor league Rene Russo. We've got, oh, yeah. <laughs> we've got, that's good. Ted, we've got Ted McGinley who oh, is, Who's kind of great in this movie? He's maybe drunk. <laughs> he's on um, some kind of substance. He's very sitcommy in this movie, mm. and I kind of appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I I don't dislike this movie. I'll just say that. Where you where you guys come from, Dan? Let's start with you. Uh, yeah, I've seen this movie at, if not ten times, close to ten times. Wow, yeah. that's a lot. I I like this movie because for the reasons that you stated, how they don't care to mention any specifics really a lot of it's it, like it doesn't matter exactly doesn't matter it's, how did how did pedro serrano know to show up doesn't matter why is tanaka <laughs> in where are they in florida right i think they're in florida why is I, I, tanaka i'm not even 100 sure <laughs> yeah, like why is tanaka there doesn't matter you know how does everyone know gus doesn't matter it's i i like that about this where it's it's it just wants to be a baseball movie. Uh, it, it kind of skips uh, a, a major plot. You know, there's there's no, like, love interest, really. Uh, like, in the first major league, right, Tom Berenger is trying to get Rene Russo. And that's really mm-hmm. the, the heart of the story while you're following uh, a, a washed-up catcher and then two up-and-coming baseball players, Wesley Snipes and uh, Charlie Sheen. Uh, and then the second one, obviously, going more goofy, but still has the same overall plot now. Hey, this team just wants to win. This is just for fun. This is, you know, let's 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 get that minor league feel, like you were saying. Uh, yeah, I I remembered way more of this movie than I thought I would. Uh, I was quoting parts here and there. Uh, a little racist. This movie is just a tad a racist. You think? Yeah, <laughs> a little more than I was comfortable. It's like, ooh, yeah, I don't remember it being this way. But <laughs> you know, hey, let's. I, I don't know how to, you know, how to, you can't justify it, obviously. Like, oh, it was a different time. This was, when did this come out? 2000. 97. Oh, was it 97? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, all right. Uh, yeah, I, I like this movie. I still had a good time with it. I, I, I enjoy Scott Bakula as the perennial, like, aging 
<laughs> aging superstar, right? Sure. He's in unnecessary roughness, right? He was a yeah. big time football player. Yep. Could have made it, but wasn't necessarily good enough. Got old. Same thing here. You know, he he's kind of like everybody's dad, Scott Bakula. Everybody's <laughs> dad. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, Mark, what about you? Yeah, so I I've seen this movie a few times. I probably seen the second one the most out of any major leagues, and probably way more than I can count. Um, so the the first thing that I noticed right off the bat is that you know I maybe from watching the first two more, I was expecting a little more structure, if that makes sense, in terms of like story and and things kind of making a little more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but you quickly get over that after a while and just have fun with it. The one interesting thing is this is the first time I've seen this since I uh, covered minor league baseball and back in a previous career. Um, and a lot of the setup of the clubhouse and like the interactions between the players um, outside of the goofiness. Um, I'm talking more, you know, when the, the pitchers are talking and they're teaching each other things and stuff. There's a lot of stuff I saw um, in, in the clubhouse. And the funny thing is I didn't have as much of a problem with the Gus stuff because there are plenty of guys in the minors that make really good friends with each other. And some of them go to the majors and some of them just watch out in the minors, but they always stay in contact. Um, and you see them talking to each other and I'm getting updates from, from of the guys going up from those guys. So the fact that Gus probably crossed paths with Serrano um, at some point in the Indians minor league system um, would make a lot of sense. Um, the The only thing that slightly doesn't make sense age-wise is I think he would have known Doc. Uh, not Doc. Um, Pops. Uh, Pops. Yeah, at some right. point. And they don't seem to know each other. So that was the only, in terms of that stuff, you know, the one where I, I was like, okay, like they could have made that like they were old teammates or something and, you know, um, uh, thing. But yeah, yeah, I, I, I did enjoy this movie. Um, I, I love to say, I think, I think the end, the last act of the movie, like the final game, um, was a little less dramatic than I'm used to with these types of movies. Um, sure. It just sort of ends. I mean, it has a big dramatic moment. There's, there's a little bit of a build up and a little bit of a payoff, but it's like, it's not like the end of either one or two. Um, which is much much more dramatic outside of it being, you know, MLB stuff. But, um, you know, um, I think it would have been um, a slight making it a little bit better um, would have been if, you know, instead of him pulling and hitting that home run, if he actually, you know, hit it using the like using the opposite field as he's been taught. Right. You know, I, I that would have been a more full you know, um, closing of that story. Um, but yeah, but him hitting the home run was great. Um, I love the atmosphere, as you said, of the minor league park at the end. Um, um, I like the, um, I like that, um, in three movies, um, Corbin Burnson plays three different versions of Roger Dorn. He does. He really does. (laughs) They, they are completely different from one another. Um, and it's just funny to me. Um, is that it's just basically they're just paying for the actor. Yeah. And they're just like, you're Roger Dorn. This time we want you to be a confident GM. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? Someone who really cares uh, about baseball. baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah. Yeah. I think that the, 
I'm still laughing in my head. Think of the um, the comment Aunt made earlier about calling her like knockoff Renee Russo, um, the girl, because they do everything they can to sort of give the same vibe um, of that girl. And um, the one unrealistic thing in this movie in terms of, I guess, they wanted to get Rube to have some kind of connection is that a catcher with those kind of problems would not have still been in minor league baseball. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> you know, at that point, like... Like doing simple things, um, he's failing at. And, and also, the um, problem is that team seems to only have one catcher. So, Rube yeah. is catching every single game. <laughs> and being terrible. He, yeah, he's probably like 40 years old at that point. He'd be dead. Yeah. 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 The, um, the, the one thing I think we talked about um, in comments um, was about the, the one guy making it all the way to AAA with just one pitch. Yeah. And um, I'll be honest, in, the way the minor leagues work, if you have one dominant skill, um, they will keep calling you up in the hopes that you learn other stuff. Um, and AAA is usually the stopping point. It's like, okay, he's not going to learn. Um, we either got to cut him or uh, change his position. Or he just, or he'll um, just rot away in the minor. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Turn like into it, a reliever. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's not, um, you know, I just always think of the the story that I got to follow with, with, Jason Mott is the fact that he made it all the way up to AAA because he was a tremendous defensive catcher, but he couldn't hit over 150. So they eventually sent him back all the way down the ladder because he could throw 98 miles an hour. Um, so they turned him into a pitcher. Um, so when you guys mentioned that, oh, there's no way this guy can make it all the way, I'm like, ah, that happens sometimes. Um, they just hope that the other part comes along. But um, I did like the yin and yang of, of Hog and Doc. In terms of pitching, I thought that sure. was a pretty good touch in this movie. But yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, thought I would regret um, and really dislike it, like Ant um, said. Um, outside of the lot of the, you know, uh, semi-objectionable stuff, um, because it was a, a different time. Um, that's not even much of an excuse for it. But, you know, it's definitely a lot of stuff wouldn't have been done in 2021. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. Well, Mark, you say that yeah. you guys would make it you know, through to AAA at one point. Mm -hmm. I, I'm going to call bullshit on that because not a single person in this movie can throw an actual baseball. Oh, yeah, okay. The, the characters <laughs> they're based on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, I, I don't think a, a ball was ever really touched in this movie. I, th I think it, Rube's it, bad it, throws are that actor actually throwing the baseball. I could see that, yeah. <laughs> poorly throwing. Yeah. Uh, you know what I liked about these movies? I was just thinking about it, this trilogy. You have three different movies with three different endings on how how the, the teams win. Uh, right? You have a walk-off bunt yeah. single. Then you have, a sh you, you have a big strikeout from Vaughn, right? And then in this one, you get the walk-off homer. Yeah. So you, you get a good amount of uh, of, um, of diversity there. Yeah. It's pretty cool. You, you get to see the game for, for all its glory. Yeah, there were a couple moments in this movie where they tried to recall things from the previous movie, like the pitcher wanting to pitch to Carlos. You mm -hmm. know, it's like the oh, end yeah. of the second movie. Sure. You know, and yeah. they, they do a couple other callbacks. Um, like the, the Japu stuff was completely unnecessary in this movie. Now... It's Jobu, right? For, through the first two movies. It's, I think, it's so Jobu, I'm going yeah. by the captions, and I may have misheard it when I was he younger. Says, oh, I, he does he say Jopu in this. Does he? I thought he said Jobu. He does. But, uh, like, I, I had to Google. I Googled Jopu first to see if anything popped up. Nothing popped up. 
but as soon as you type in Jobu, everything comes up. So okay. is this like a Bernstein, Bernstein Bears thing? It, it might be effect? Amanda Adele effect sort of thing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so ingrained to hear Jobu that he could have said anything, and I would just, oh, it's Jobu. Well, I didn't think of it until I saw because I think the I think the captions were like a a second or so ahead of it, so I was able to see him. It say Chopu, Jopu. I was like, what? Jopu? Maybe. What the fuck's this? Maybe I was, I was hoping... doing the closed captioning. Didn't know what he said. Maybe. Yeah, yeah Jopu. That sounds fine. Maybe. Uh, one thing I like about this, cause like it, it does the whole thing where like the other two movies where everyone's got their little, uh, their quirks and they, in this movie, they immediately solve them. But like they, yeah. again, we, they don't not, have time, to not wasting time on them. Like this isn't yeah. what this movie's about. This is movie is going to be about Ted McGinley versus Scott Bakula, but we yeah. got to throw these in. So these two guys can't, can't stop fighting over the ball up the middle. So we're going to solve that in the very next scene. We yeah. Rube Rube can't throw. All of a sudden, he's just gonna he's gonna have like if you if you can't throw down to a second, then you're gonna get cut. Like oh well, then that ends that little thread. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, that and imagine a, a minor league coach was able to do what a major league coach couldn't do. Yeah, and even even uh, downtown downtown goes up to the majors for a scene, and he's back. Like they skip ahead right. like a, like yeah. two weeks, and he's like oh nope, I'm back. I missed all of two minutes of this movie. And the way that they handle the, the how things are, like the transactions, like the, there's the scene where Scott Bakula is having uh, lunch or dinner with Corbin Birdson, and uh, Birdson is like, yeah, you know, Huff wants downtown to come up. It's not the manager's decision only. Like, he can request someone, but there are other people. Again, that's this movie saying it doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, is there is like maybe Bill Belichick is like the only coach who really like runs the organization. Well, he's technically the general manager too. Is he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I get your uh, point. Yeah. yeah, how many managers are just like yeah, I'm just gonna like bring up this guy. However, well, like, whoa, hold on, man, slow your roll. You can like what we're keeping an eye on him, and we'll we'll I, let you know when he's ready. I, I would assume in his heyday, Larusa and Tori probably had that kind of pull. Maybe I with the way that. Teams want to control their their uh, their younger players. I think there's probably a lot of uh, people in the upper management who are keeping track of that stuff. I would imagine. But again, like, as Anthony was saying, there's no time for any of that. There's no time yeah. for realism. Like no. did 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 uh, uh, did Roger Dorn go and sign Serrano and Tanaka? Like uh, yeah, that's what I have that written down. People can't just walk on to AAA teams. <laughs> <laughs> you are like, yeah, I, I'm going to play now. That's not how it works, man. Yeah. But what about what about uh, Bakula, uh, Gus? He hops off a plane and go as he takes on the job. And then they're like, yeah, we're an hour till game time. We brought, <laughs> we brought, Has, we brought your uniform. Okay. Hasn't had a chance to meet the team. Nope. It's like, yeah, here you go. Figure it out. <laughs> but like you said, that, that kind of feels some, like something a minor league team would do, right? Right. Yeah, like, and, uh, you know, here you go, man. And these yeah. these are not AAA stadiums. That's for damn sure. Yeah, no, no. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah this would be lower minor league. You know where all this stuff could happen. Yeah, yeah. I, AAA. I'm gonna, now 
I'm going to sound like I'm like self-congratulating myself here, but I played in D3 stadiums that were nicer than that. <laughs> that that was kind of like a rec oh. league park. Oh man, look at the athlete over here. Ann. Yeah, uh, I, uh, I know, do. I seeing as Mr. Athlete, I do have a question for you. Oh, boy. Uh, I want you to rate Walton Goggins' swing. Oh, uh, you know he. I have written down that even at this point in his career, he's still acting circles around everybody. Sure, and it, it was easy to see why he's pretty much the only one who came out of this unscathed uh not a great swing not a great swing in my opinion he uh he he moves his back foot a lot yeah i was gonna say he he fall he falls into the zone on that back foot an awful lot yeah yeah he he moves his back foot a lot uh even when he they show him hitting off the tee he his swing is just all over the place and he's he has no balance whatsoever uh but i mean out of all of them, he's probably the most convincing ball player. Yeah, Dennis Haysbert. Yeah. Dennis Haysbert's got a, you know, he was in uh, Mr. Baseball. Let's... Yeah, but they don't show him a lot. They, they don't. I think he only show him like two at bats. They show him in the. They show him uh, with some ba- at bats, like maybe once, and yeah. then they show him in the outfield a couple times. Right. Yeah, and and, and, I mean, and great. I take slight offense to Goggins is the only one that comes out unscathed. Haysbert became president of the United States, Dan. That's true. Uh, you know, he did. <laughs> this is he also our, yeah. our second Tom Barry movie in a row. Yeah. Played Pops. Yep. Pops is uh, the Bilkins in Too Fast, Too Furious. Yep. Oh, that's right. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make that connection. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So Major League oh. Back to the Miners from 1998 is directed by John Warren, who directed one movie before this, and that was it. The Curse of Inferno, starring Paulie Shore. I, mean, I figured he must have just given up at this point. <laughs> this. Like, Fuck this, man. Although, uh, that's a step up from Paulie Shore, I'd say. Yeah, a movie that, like, it's not even in the in the Army Now or Jury Duty. It's a movie I've never even heard of. Yeah. Son-in-law, not even son-in-law. <laughs> it is, it's the dregs of Paulie Shore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it stars Scott Bakula, Corbin Burnson, Dennis Haysbert, Takaki Ishibashi, Jensen Daggett, Eric Bruscouter, Walton Goggins, Ted McGinley, Kenny Johnson, Judson Mills, Lobo Sebastian, Tom Barry, Peter McKenzie, and Bob Euchre. IMDb score 4.6, and there is not a single review on Rotten Tomatoes, either audience or critic. There is literally no information about this movie in Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> interesting for a movie that's that was released into theaters there was absolutely nothing no one's rated it no one's commented on it just exists there we're the the only three people to ever see this movie maybe (laughs) the movie that rotten tomatoes forgot (laughs) budgets of 18 million dollars and box office 3.5 million so i would say that i would say that 18 million dollars was probably mostly salary and partially getting the twins license I'd say a yeah. lot of location shooting, so yeah, yeah. Um, so that's that gets pricey. Crowds, yeah, they probably didn't yeah. have a huge CG budget, so that's probably a lot of practical stuff. Probably the reason why they're in smaller stadiums. Um, yeah, yeah, I, and and just one thing, and I'm interested to hear your guys' take on this because I'm under the impression that there is zero zero percent chance, zero chance that a good minor league team could beat a bad major league. Hmm. I think everybody gets lucky once 
If you're saying if you're so. saying they play 99 out of uh, play 100 games and they win once out of nine uh, out of 100, I could see it. You know, you think so? Yeah. Okay. I'm, yeah, I'm you get a, you get a pick predicts on that day. Yeah. Okay. Stars. Yeah. Have, I'm not saying stars don't have to align. I think 100 yeah. percent they have to align. Um, okay. And it can't be Max Scher- Max Scherzer, you know, pitching to AAA guys. You know, it's got to be back of the rotation sort of guy that has an off day. You know, like the Pirates. Right. Guy can't find the strike zone and gets tagged in the first and gets uh, chased out of the game in the first inning. You know. Yeah. I would like. I, there's got to be like a a, pro, a computer program out there where if you put like I don't know who the best AAA team is, but if you put the Orioles against that team and run a simulation. I wonder what the, the outcomes would be. The fun part yeah. about AAA is that it's got it's it's got a lot of older guys in it, you know, more than young prospects. So there's like like Doc, there's a lot of junk ballers and, you know, guys that like major league hitters haven't seen that kind of stuff since, you know, they were in the minors. Um so you could trip up some major league hitters that way. Um it's like always the factor when it when someone comes up for the first start, unless if they're absolutely terrible, like Ann said, missing their spot, um, they can cruise for a few innings um, because, you know, maybe they're throwing something the uh, major leaguers aren't expecting. But it would be more on the offensive end. It would have to be like the worst pitcher on the worst major league team. Yeah. You know, starting. I think because it's like baseball's a different monster in terms of all the other sports, right? Because yeah. it's a team game, but essentially it's 1v1 throughout the yeah. entire game. It's a pitcher versus a hitter. So, you know, someone grooves a 95-mile-an-hour fastball guy turns around on it. You know, that's conceivable that happens. You know, an, an NFL team, the worst NFL team is not going to lose to the best college team. No. They're just, they're going to destroy them. The best right. basketball team, I mean, we've seen, you know, the best baseball, the basketball players we've assembled as the yes, USA, which the is supposed to win, they haven't the won every single Olympics ever. Um, so, mm-hmm. I mean, that it's the possible there. You know, I could see, you know, I could yeah. see it. But again, stars have to align. Yeah, uh, you, it's, you brought it, up. I was gonna say you brought up Doc. Uh, Mark, you brought up Doc. Uh, Doc, yeah. and you can't tell me, you can't convince me otherwise that that role wasn't written for Jim Gaffigan. <laughs> Definitely has some Jim Caffigan uh, in him, yeah. and I'm I feel kind of like a kinship to uh, Doc yeah. because I have a record of seven innings pitched in my uh, career of no hit ball because I can't throw faster than about like forty five <laughs> miles per hour. <laughs> did you tell you? Did you tell your coach if? Uh, did you ask him if he uh, if you should go with the uh, the fast or the the breaking stuff? I think this was around this time. It might have been like I might have been fourteen or fifteen, so it was probably like ninety nine, two thousand. So okay. I want you to go to the off speed stuff. Is the it was was talked about? Yes, but okay. Uh, five innings pitched of one hit ball. So it's pretty good. It's my pitching career. I'd sign yeah. up for that every day. Yeah, I, I, did, that. I did like that one bit where Rube goes, I stole that from a police station and it doesn't register anything under 55. <laughs> uh, you guys want to get into the plot? Let's do it. Sure. All right, Dan, what do you got for us this week? So if you listen to our last podcast, Too Fast and Too Furious, you'll know our special guest was Tia, and she has a podcast, The Top Ten with Tia. Go to geekvibesnation.com, check it out, search for Top Ten with Tia. Tia and her friend Brittany run down Top Ten list. So if that's something you like, please go give her a listen, Uh, you know, give her a follow, let her know 
that you love her. She's a good friend of the podcast. Uh, go check her out on Twitter at TC underscore Stark. Okay, great. And we are going to take a quick break, and you guys are going to listen to some messages from friends of the podcast, and we will be back in a second. Hey everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrew. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Oh, hi. Didn't see you there. It's me, George, from the best little horror house in Philly, the show where we talk about the best horror movie ever made, according to our guest at least. We've talked about groundbreaking classics like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Alien, but we've also got a lot of great ones coming up, including some very fun guests like Len Kabazinski of Swamp Zombies and Red Letter Media fame, Caroline Williams, the star of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, and Chase Williamson from John Dies at the End. So make sure you're subscribe to the best little horror house in philly and i'll see you boils and ghouls over there and welcome back now it's time to get into the plot for major league and back to the minors we opened on some good old-fashioned minor league baseball action as a really old scott bacula is struggling to get through an inning as a pitcher for the miracle after an errant throw goes into the miracle dugout bacula who's playing scott gus cantrell uh switches the live ball for a different one and heads back out with no self-respecting umpire would allow it to happen in the game with a ball that's just been gotten thrown into the dugout without expecting it. But again, this movie does not care about logic. Uh, but the play resumes. play resumes and the next pitch is a pop fly, but after the play, the umpire does come out to inspect the ball, and it turns out that Cantrell had a frozen ball and was promptly tossed from the game. <laughs> I, I, I like his response. Come on, I only have like five more outs or whatever he says. <laughs> I, I had written down that Rob Manfred would love Gus. <laughs> All the while, a suited Roger Dorn, played by Corbin Burnson, looks on. In a dive bar, Bacula has dinner and a beer as he soaks his arm. Dorn meets up with him. They sit down to have some drinks, and Gus talks about the woman he loves, Maggie, who happens to be the waitress at the bar. And they couldn't have found a better almost Ray Renuso if they tried. <laughs> As they all leave the bar, Gus mentions to Dorn that he's retiring at the end of the season, which is great because Dorn just so happens to have a triple-A minor league team in need of a manager. Again, just like cutting to the chase. I love it. Yeah, it's and for no reason, perfect. Yeah, and for no reason, Gus isn't sure about it, despite the fact that Maggie is the most supportive person of his new career. I, I like that, too. I had written down, I'm happy that the, uh, the female uh, lead is supportive of the, the main character. Because mm-hmm. how often in sports movies do you get, I can't back you up on this. Uh, you need to be with you know your family or you need to be with me more. This is, you know, blah, blah, blah. This is just, yeah, you could do this. Go go for it. You know, we'll, yeah. I'll be, I love the line. Uh, Scott Bakula asks, well, what about us? She says, us will be here. Us isn't going anywhere. Like, yeah, th- there's there's a woman who, who gets it, you know? I like that. Yeah, not we don't have time in this movie for this side drama. Right. Yeah, we, we nope. don't have time for Scott Bakula to chase not Rene Russo around. Yeah. A plot and maybe a little B plot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there is there is A and then A minus plot, really. Yeah. <laughs> but again, Gus says no, but agrees to go see a promising prospect with Dorn by the name of Downtown Anderson. So Gus <laughs> does he not have a does he not have a, a first name? It's uh Billy. 
Is it really? Because yeah, he's introduced really as Downtown Anderson, and yeah. even on the Jumbotron, it's Downtown Anderson. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's Billy. Okay. Yeah. They, they do it for Doc, too. They just say, it's Doc Waltner or whatever. Like, yeah. No one has a first name, apparently. <laughs> so Gus and Maggie go to the game and on the line for concessions. Leonard Huff, an old acquaintance of, Gus, of Gus's manager of the Minnesota Twins and professional asshole, played by Ted McGinley, shows up. And immediately Huff starts swinging his dick around, paying for Gus's concessions, which is all of $4, and more or less tries to steal Maggie away from Gus. Dorn meets up with them, and the four of them watch Billy Downtown Anderson play, played by Walton Goggins, who would have been about 26 at the time. Whose swing is okay, he kind of falls into the zone a little bit on his back foot, but I've seen worse, though he has a terrible slide into second base on a double. I think he was out in that play. Yeah, he kind of bounces off the dirt. Yeah, it looked like it came off. Does not look like fun. No. Look like it looked like he took a took the like hard ground or something like that a little hard. But the, the, they shot it well enough where you don't see the slide; you just see his face. Yeah, it's in, in, ambiguous. You can't tell if he's out or not. But it, I think he was out. <laughs> After the game, they all meet up with downtown, and Huff says that he's going to call him up to the big team soon enough. He says big team so much it almost seems like they didn't have permission to say the twins, even though they've see you see the twins logo quite a, a bit. Yeah. Downtown is pretty cocky, and after Gus downplays how good of a player Downtown is, Downtown gives Gus slight about how he traded away Gus's rookie cards back when he was a kid for a player to be named later. And Huff leaves, but not before he makes one last pass at Maggie. And Gus says that he thinks Huff is going to bring Downtown up too early, and Dorn says that's exactly why he needs him as a manager of the Triple A team. So Gus says he'll take the weekend to think about it. So Gus and Maggie talk it over at the bar, and they decide it's the best decision for him and them. So Gus accepts the job and he gets picked up at a small airport by Pops, a veteran player and team and also the team mascot and brought to the team clubhouse to meet the players. Yeah, just to be clear, Pops isn't the Pops team is, mascot. Pops is not the team mascot. <laughs> no, the, no. The, the B is driving the cart and Pops is there as well. I I was I was impressed with uh, I was watching this movie with Jen and when she met Pop when they meet Pops like oh you know he he's really nice he should be like the team captain and he winds up becoming like the team captain and then yeah. they show him playing outfield like oh why don't they just stick him at first base I was like have you seen this movie and you're just fucking with me now because that's exactly what happens like, oh no I didn't know that like, now is not the time woman all right don't mess with me she secretly watches this movie. Like- <laughs> yeah. Like a dozen times before you, she she does the play. scouting and she's like, oh man, you know, I got to slip these in there and show them. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I oh, I don't know what's going on, but she knows. She knows. Uh, the first player they meet is a guy named Pear Pear. Uh, what's his name? Lance Dance Pear, who does yoga. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Then he meets Hog Ellis, a surfer bro pitcher with one pitch. Then we get Rube Baker from Major League Two, who still has problems throwing at bases. Doc Wingate, a, pl- a pitcher that seems more along the lines of a sabermetrics analyst and uh, can only throw a changeup, double play tandem set of twins, both named Juan Lopez. And then the game begins. And hey, here's Bob Euchre as Harry Doyle. I guess he got demoted for some reason. Right. <laughs> no explanation of what he's doing. Oh, there is an explanation. Uh, <laughs> so soon after the game, uh, the game goes terribly. Rube throws it into the stands. Pierre boots a ball at third, and the brothers Lopez get into a fist fight with each other over a ground ball up the middle. Then Doyle mentions games like this is how he wound up over-medicating, meaning he developed an alcohol addiction, which now the fact that he announces AAA games makes that much more sense. I didn't realize that. I, I was wondering why they brought him down. I, I was very 
intrigued throughout the movie of the rotating chair of color analysts with him. Yeah. <laughs> What's the point of that? And none of them offer anything special except for the guy who works with the twins. Right. Yeah, like, I don't know if they just, like, had one guy there um, one day, and then just another day they shot, that guy wasn't available, so they just put a second guy in there. Yeah, because maybe. they do switch it up for no known reason. At the next practice, Gus ties the Lopez's to stakes in the ground and hits balls up the middle, so they start to understand the very basic skill of not hogging the ball. We also see scenes of Pops not being able to shag fly balls because he's too slow, and Doc's pitches don't come up on the radar gun because it's below 55 miles per hour, and he gives uh, Lance an oven mitt to use for ground ball practice. Team gets on a bus into the next game, and on the ride, Gus tells Pops that he wants to turn him into a first baseman because he's too old, too fat, and too slow to be an outfielder. Oh, Pops said he did want it straight. Mm-hmm. And they stop at a diner for dinner and downtown chats up a waitress as Doc has a maddening conversation with the waiter about the choices in salad dressings. Gus and Pops have a conversation about how Pops almost made it to the big leagues as an injury replacement, but due to a freak snowstorm, he never got to play. So the anti-Wally Pip. Mm-hmm. What kind of injury is only a two-day thing where you have to call up another player? How right. often does that happen? Yeah. yeah. Usually they're out for... And they're, they're, I don't think there's such thing as a two-day injury list. Right. So, yeah, he probably, like, yeah. I mean, I guess they could have done some, like, uh, shuffling of the lineup. Oh, oh, this guy needs to go to the DL. The, uh, this other guy needs to go to the DL, so we'll bring up somebody to replace him or something like that. Right. But again, this movie doesn't care about those details. <laughs> uh, which is, it's, it's like equal parts weird and equal parts refreshing. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because, like, we've also, we haven't seen downtown in, at, as a member of the Buzz at all yet I but thought he's he there had, he's... right i thought he had already gone to the twins at that point i had forgotten no. that he was still part of the buzz he's in the diner but we don't see him we haven't seen him yet as a buzz player yeah and the one fun thing about having a lot of knowledge of baseball watching this movie is the fact that there was no reason for uh pops to even need to be on a plane since it was in october so the technically the rosters would have expanded yeah, sure. probably right because it's it's playoffs by by at that time. Yeah, or yeah. the last week of the season. Mm-hmm. At the next game, Pops has made the move to first base, but only but on the only stretch we see him make, his legs stiff out on him he has to be carted off the field. Meanwhile, downtown ignores a sacrifice call by Gus and blasts a two run home run, which winds up winning the game for the for the buzz. I'm on downtown side on this. Yeah. Now, why uh, are you on his side? Because he's the best player on the team, and you're going to like a meaningless uh sacrifice bunt we don't know if downtown could, could lay down a bunt most most players can't it's a huge assumption that he can right he absolutely can't this was basically just the test to see if he is coachable i guess yeah so he's sacrificing his best hitter just to show that like i'm in charge here it, it's a pissing contest essentially yeah i think it's just it's too small time it's too small time of a move you know i'm gonna have my what, what's the the risk of the reward don't they don't add up for making your best hitter bunt in yeah, that situation yeah he 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 uh downtown is suited for today's baseball for sure yeah he's strictly a pull power hitter that's all mm-hmm. anyone wants he's gonna strike out and he's gonna hit home runs yep. mash some dingers mash some dingers <laughs> exactly <laughs> you want to see me bunt or you want to see me mash some dingers <laughs> 
dingers. But Gus isn't happy about downtown selfish play, so he decides he's going to bench downtown as a response for him ignoring the bunt call for three games, which seems excessive. Again, after, I'm sorry to bring this up again, after he didn't lay the bunt down, Jen says, oh, he should be benched. Benched for three games. <laughs> At this point, it's witchcraft, right? <laughs> maybe maybe Jen has a calling to be a AAA manager. Maybe. Like, this is what I would have done. I'm, I'm not. I'm not putting up with downtown's crap. I'm telling you that much right now. She just sends emails to AAA managers after watching the games. Like, I have some notes. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I would have done. Right. Hey, listen. If if that's a, a a skill that I'm unaware of, that would make me love her even more. Like, sweetheart, <laughs> you you're a you're a baseball savant. Why didn't Why did you not tell me this? Like, oh, you know, it's, I dabble in it. It's not really my thing. It's more of my side thing. Mm. Did she suggest at the end that uh, downtown should have bunted to lay no, down the squeeze? She she had stopped watching at that point, but she was still gotcha. very interested in it. She was like, yeah, what, what, what's going on down there? Like, oh, they they just brought Doc in to face uh, uh, Liston. Oh, okay. Is he th- is he throwing all the the junk stuff? Like, yeah, that's all he has. Oh, okay. So she was invested in this movie. Yeah. The next day at the stadium. Doc talks to Gus about Rube's problems with throwing and that it might be due to some past trauma with a Little League coach. So he tells him to treat Rube with kindness. Then we got a taking care of business montage as the player hit practice. I can't believe that they paid for it. I was going to say, that's yeah. where Pops, the rest of the money went. Yeah. <laughs> Pop starts working out with uh, Lance in order to limber him up more. Gus is trying to teach downtown how to hit rather than just rely on his natural talent. And finally, he tells Rube that if he continues to overthrow the bases, he's cutting him doing the opposite of what Doc told him to do. Then, as downtown has taken some BP, Gus looks to the sky and asks God to send him one real baseball player. Then, like an idiot, he turns his back on the batter, which is what you do not do, and gets knocked out by a line drive to the back of the head. When he's woken up by some smelling salts, it's ministered by Peter Serrano, played by Dennis Haysbert. Um, the changes in the book, we got... Who apparently is on this team, or... <laughs> yeah, he just shows up, right? He just goes, hey, listen, uh, I'm going to play AAA ball now. Yep. Is, is Roger Dorn just calling his former teammates up? <laughs> oh, and and you know what the problem is with Pedro joining and like uh, the the other guys joining? They're taking away from younger guys playing time. <laughs> there are kids who yes, are, who still have the dream to make it to the majors, and now that here's forty five year old Pedro Serrano, yeah. former AL champion. It, sure. It's funny because. Because they have like a line from Euchre, which is is not much more than just yeah. If he just showed up, it's like something like Pedro Serrano coming back from finding whatever the hell he was he was looking for. <laughs> it's more or less like yeah, whatever. Right. <laughs> Euchre does have some decent lines. He's he's obviously not uh, at the same clip as Major yeah. League One and Two, but yeah, he has some decent lines here. Yeah, there, there's my favorite line is one later on um, in the final game with. When Hog, you know, now has his second pitch, and he goes, Hog throwing his secret or special pitch, and the other guy goes, "It's a curveball." Also and known as a goes, curveball. Some would call it a curveball. <laughs> I, I I would say my favorite line from Euchre is the uh, oh, there's a there's a fly ball to left field. Oh, the wind's gonna take this one. It's out of here. <laughs> We're in a dome. There is no wind. <laughs> Sorry for having an opinion. Right, an opinion. <laughs> It's pretty good. He had some decent... Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The changes in the buzz are immediate, and the team manages to win three games in a row. And on the bus one day, Gus sees a mini-golf place called Takas and just assumes that it's owned by Taka Tanaka from Major League Two. And amazingly, it is Tanaka. 
So the stop, they stop by and talk, Tanaka talks about how difficult it is to be a small business owner and that he could really use a vacation. <laughs> so they recruit him to the team and they just continue to win. Just that, that's that's how we get this guy into it. And, so much so that they're now in second place. And he picks up baseball like it's like he's ne- he never left, right? Because the next scene is him at bat, at the single to right center field. Like, oh yeah, this, like it's like riding a bike. Yep. When's the last time this guy looked at live pitching? We have no idea. <laughs> well, he does have those batting cages. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's staying limber. <laughs> so they're in second place, and the same can't be said for the Twins, who are struggling, despite Huff's encouraging words to his team. Uh, Dorn, who I guess is like the GM of this team, which I don't think they officially ever say what Dorn's uh, position is, watches the Twins in disgust. Quick question to fly. Yeah. Why does Huff not wear a hat? Because he's got amazing hair. Like, he's got great hair, but... Yeah. Was that a part of the? Was that a character choice that he made, or was was that in the script? Do you think? Well, you, you hire Ted McGinley. Part of part of why you're hiring him is that sweet head of hair. <laughs> it is a nice head of hair for sure, but it's so out of place with everybody else. Everyone else wears a goddamn hat. He yeah. looks like the least baseball player of anybody in the movie. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. He 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 definitely doesn't look like a manager, or and he has nothing to do with baseball. Yeah. Uh, I feel like this is a role that could have went to Christopher McDonald, Shooter McGavin. That would have been a good yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think Ted, I like Ted McGinley in this movie. It's, it's silly. It's he's, he's in, he's almost in a different movie than everybody else is. He, oh, this movie is silly, but yeah. he's really hamming it up. He's really chewing, chewing scenery. I was just, yeah. In his head, he may have been in a different movie. Right? Yeah. <laughs> in like the last game, he's kind of, he's wild. And in the scene, the scene in Dorn's office when he's watching the uh, the news report, he's in in completely different uh, state of mind. I, I did say that. I said that. <laughs> he's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> he's stupid, stupid, stupid. <laughs> breaking <laughs> breaking the general manager's TV. Christ, yeah. he could have just turned it off. <laughs> I love I love that line. He's like, yeah, I, I'm glad he said that. Because usually in a, in a movie, it'll just be like. The guy smashes something in frustration and is just like, okay, they, they maybe they're scared or they don't say anything. Like, oh, come on, yeah. man. That's my TV. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Dorn is watching him disgust, so he decides to fly Gus and Maggie up on his private jet and puts them in a suite so he can wine and dine Gus. I don't really understand why he brings Gus up now that I'm thinking about it. There's really no reason. Um, but in Zorn's box, he talks about the problems with the team, including a hitter that is obsessed with himself, an outfielder that wants to be a male model, and some infielders that are worried about shoe deals. Then we watch the center fielder collide with the second baseman, which looks intentional, from all I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, like, lowers his shoulder. They go out to dinner with Huff, and Huff talks about how what they need is a middle reliever. He because... calls it a short reliever. Yeah. Does he say it's a short reliever? Yeah, he says, yeah, yeah short reliever. Again, proving he has no clue what movie he's in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Gus tells him that his whole team is full of individuals, not teammates. So Huff tells him he doesn't know what he's talking about. So Gus takes that as a challenge, telling Huff that the Buzz will take on the Twins anytime, anywhere. Huff scoffs yeah. at the idea. Was that? I said, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, Huff scoffs at the idea and pokes Gus in the chest. Not once, not twice, but thrice. <laughs> so Gus and Huff then get into a fist fight right in the middle of the restaurant as Gus gets the better of Huff, getting a solid punch right in the face. Uh, the next morning, Dorn calls Gus to breakfast and announces he wants the Buzz to take on the Twins in an exhibition. 
because he's skeptical, but once Dorn starts telling him that Huff thought he'd back out of the game, he's a little more receptive to the idea and says he'll talk it over to the team. Do you think I do like the idea of the uh, entire restaurant being on the buzz's side? Yeah, sure. That's why I was like, no way anyone in that restaurant knows who the buzz are. Yeah, I think so. What I, so what I understood was that was the same restaurant that they had the fight, and everybody just hates Huff. Th- that's what I had written down. Why is everyone giving him the side look, like that side eye? It's a totally different restaurant. I thought it was the same one. It, I thought it looked different, but I could be wrong. But it would it would make nat- it would make local news that the manager of the Twins in Minnesota or in Minneapolis just got into a fist fight with somebody else in a restaurant. So. It is reasonable that it would have tr- the news would have traveled super quick. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought it was like yeah the, the newspaper the, the the headline with you know they're they're gonna play the the buzz like man that was really fast they they must have done it immediately <laughs> after dinner. Yeah. Um. But there's also like there's nothing for the buzz to lose. Oh yeah. It's all the pressure is on the twins. Yeah. Twins have to win. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. With- you, you you can't let that happen. Like you would have to trade all your players or just send them all down. Yeah. We then cut forward, and the decision has been made as the bus, buzz make it to Minnesota to take on the team. We cut to the Twins clubhouse, and we get our first meeting with Carlos Liston, the cleanup hitter who also might be a psychopath, <laughs> as he discusses the religion of Carlos Liston and chases reporters out of the clubhouse with a baseball bat. Were you guys, did you team. guys think he was intimidating at all? No. no um, right? Not to make fun of people with speech impediments, but his lisp is something that super detracts from his menacing persona i I just thought like his his dialogue in general was not scary i was more intimidated by jack parkman because like yeah he's also doesn't seem very tall either not to say that uh, short kings can't be intimidating watch your mouth god damn it (laughs) (laughs) no yeah i like the whole thing was like he didn't really exude a type of fierceness that they were trying to portray him as having right like, oh my god, this yeah. guy's crazy. Like, yeah, not he didn't seem crazy. Just, all right, so he, he threatened a bunch of reporters. Okay, well, he's just a dickhead. But mm-hmm. like Jack Parkman was like he had that swagger and like that yeah. like you know, uh RIP Scott. He did Hall. his little shimmy. Yeah, that that, yeah, that little shimmy that made all the ladies in Cleveland puke. Well, at first it was swoon, <laughs> then puke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and then they, they had the uh oh, the guy on the Yankees in the first movie. It was like they had him who was just like this, this big fat bruiser and the Duke who threw at his own son at a father-son uh, baseball game. <laughs> <laughs> so like, you, you had those guys who seemed intimidating and th- then Carlos Liston is just kind of like, okay, well, yeah, all right. He, he's, he speaks mean, but he doesn't sound very mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, he then meets the entire buzz team, snaps his bat over his knee and walks away, which makes Hogels nervous as he is slated to pitch against him. Yeah, I... The- a little um, moment in this that I don't know if you guys noticed, maybe you did, but I thought it was pretty cool just knowing the history of the movie that when they walk out onto the field, just seeing um, in the background, you see Serrano and Rube sort of like high five, like because they, they were the probably the two people there that had been in the majors before. And yeah. you know, at, well, yeah, but in this little scene, it was just them two mm. alone. And I don't know if it was something, you know, they did something was shot that they cut of them going like we're back or something like that. Right. But just the zoomed out camera and them high five. I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. Two guys that got sent back down to the minors are back in a major league stadium. They mm-hmm. would be pretty excited. Well, Serrano yeah. just decided to go back to the minors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just like, he just up and decided, yeah, I'm going to go play again. Yeah. I, I like seeing the baggie 
uh, at the Metrodome. Yeah, I, I I couldn't remember what it was called. I thought it was the Metrodome, but yeah, that was uh, I, I was hoping it would have like property of the New York Yankees somewhere on there. But unfortunately, I didn't see that. So what are you gonna? Jeez. <laughs> okay. Uh, so the game starts and the buzz hold their own for a while. Twins scrape a couple of runs together, but by some borderline cheap plays. And then Carlos Liston comes up to bat and Ruben pops. Tell Hogg to brush Carlos off the plate. So he does, and Carlos makes his way up to the mound to threaten Hogg, and none of his teammates come to help him. Bad Where is Rube on this yeah, one? Bad yeah. teammates. I mean, they're, they're telling Pops is telling him, hey, just, just run for it after. Like, so why am I going to throw at him if you guys aren't going to have my back? Yeah, yeah Rube's got to jump out. Yeah. That's his, that's, as the catcher, he's got to do that. Yeah, you, you got to defend your guy. Yeah. So Hogg basically shits his pants and grooves one right down the middle, which Carlos sends over the left center field wall. Eventually, the buzz tied up via a home run by downtown, and we're treated to, sincerely, some of the worst CG and green screens I've ever been a witness to. Apparently, yeah. they just took some old scenes from previous movies and CG'd the background to look like the uh, Minnesota Stadium. Um, so tagging in the ninth inning, Hogg gets relieved by Doc as Liston comes up to the plate. Now going from all fastballs to all off-speed, and Liston can't make the adjustment. So in an act of desperation... Huff calls up to the maintenance crew and has them kill the lights as the 0-2 pitch comes in and the game is called in a tie. I, I love how I, I wasn't aware a manager has the the power over the stadium crew. Like yeah. a direct line to the to the <laughs> yeah. grounds crew and all that's, that. That's not a dugout. It's not a dugout phone. It's an all-purpose phone. <laughs> right. It's an outside yeah. line. Yeah, he could just call anyone apparently <laughs> in the stadium. Yeah, <laughs> and, and again, like, does he, like Anthony was saying at the beginning, just throw knowledge of what actually happens in sports out the window because this yep. guy just has complete power over the entire Twins organization. Apparently, he's the fucking yeah. manager. He's the manager. Mm-hmm. All he has to do is set the goddamn lineup. That's all he has. And not a very good one, <laughs> right? Yeah, he's not. He's not good. Um, his players don't seem to respect him, and uh, it's. They and he's got like uh, just free reign. Yeah, and I doubt he was ever a player. Right. And you know, I guess he mu- he must have been because he, him and Gus have uh, history. So I'm assuming in terms of the backstory, he is a, he's a former player. It's, it's he says nothing that sounds like he would have known baseball, right? No, and no one no one makes mention of anything like you know in terms of like his actual playing days. But. Right, and that's what I was thinking. Like, oh, maybe they would talk about like their history. Like, they played on a team together, like you were saying, and they—that's where the bad blood comes from. They never ex- really explained the bad blood. Nope. Uh, Huff is it a, just exists. Yeah, he's so. just a douche, and that's why I don't like this guy. Like, maybe yeah. he took my spot, or uh, you know, he we we had uh, some disagreement over something. Make something up at least, because now, but again, not enough time, really. I guess. Yep. Regardless of the dubious end, the bus celebrate at night at a bar with Serrano and Tanaka singing on stage, Pops and Rube playing pool, and Hogg talking up some random Minnesota bar tale. Uh, Dorn and Gus have a meeting, and after reading the newspaper story about the game, Dorn tells Gus that they're going to bring up downtown at the behest of Huff. Gus protests, saying downtown's not ready yet, but ultimately it's Huff's decision. So the rest of the team piles on the bus, leaving downtown behind in Minnesota. In a last-ditch effort, Gus asks downtown to tell Huff that he needs four more weeks in AAA to work on a few things. The the absolute worst idea ever. Right? Yeah. Also, like, 
downtown doesn't have like an apartment that he needs to sublet at all, or just he's just leaving all his shit wherever the fuck the bus play. <laughs> <laughs> it is there in Minnesota now. They'll figure I, it out. I, not that you really care, but I think it's South Carolina because I think that's what it says on the airport thing. But gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, yeah, someone someone will pack up my stuff and send it to me. Someone will come and get Again, me. doesn't matter. <laughs> Again, it doesn't matter. That's but that's how I guess they just think what happens with professional athletes? Just someone will get my stuff. Someone will come and get me. Yeah. So downtown feels this is a slight from Gus telling him that he's just jealous of him and the talent that he has, and he tells him he doesn't need him anymore. So without downtown, the buzz fall into a funk, losing a few games on an extended road trip. After a loss, Gus asks the team what's up, and Hog tells them that they he tells him they feel like they can't win without downtown. So Gus rallies his troops, telling them that the game is bigger than one player, that they should be focusing on teamwork and helping each other out. So on the bus, Doc starts teaching Hog about the physics of a curveball, and it works. In his next appearance, Hog successfully throws a curveball for the first time in his career. Meanwhile, downtown is struggling in the majors. But the Buzz start winning again, winds up winning seven of their last ten games. After a victory, the team comes into the clubhouse celebrating, and downtown is waiting in Gus's office, having already been sent back down to AAA. This is a uh, two different scenes of about like three scenes in between where <laughs> downtown wasn't on the team. Yeah, you need the argument and then the heart to heart within like ten yep, minutes. Perfect. So, such efficient uh, filmmaking. Now, do you, do you think it was Huff's decision to send him down, or was it downtown's decision? It must have been Huff. Huff makes no. all the decisions. The, the way that I viewed that scene was he decided to come back. Like, oh, I couldn't cut it, so I came back. No, he. I think he was sent down. Okay. Couldn't hack it. He was couldn't cut the mustard, as he said. Three for fifteen at the plate. They said. I mean, that's not great, but it's also it, it, he's not hitless. Right. Yeah. And it's also like, what is that? Is that four games? Roughly, yeah, probably right. Four to five games. Yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll give you more of a shot than that, especially yeah. after you put up a, a show against that team. Yeah. yeah. And and uh, we figured out what his problem is. He was trying to cut mustard. And uh, there you go. I don't think that worked. Yeah. So he apologized to Gus and tells him they started throwing him outside and he couldn't hack it. So Gus tells downtown something that they can't fix. He just needs to work. So we get another practice montage. We got guys working with with Lance on some ballet poses. Serrano and Tanaka try to teach Rube how to catch a baseball blindfolded. It does not go well. And downtown is working on hitting ball to all fields. Yeah, that scene with Rube has like no payoff. Yeah, just hitting outside the of, Outside of introducing the hood. Yeah. You know, the, the, the blackout things that the, uh, they wear the next two times they come to the plate. That's the only thing that scene introduces. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate them bringing those guys back. It's yeah. fun to see them. But there is... They have nothing for them to do. Yeah, no. it's fan. I guess it's like quote unquote fan service. It is. I mean, that Joe Boo moment is one hundred percent fan service. Yeah, yeah. Make the fans pop, right? Yeah, what they right. say. Yeah. Oh, I know. I stood up and cheered when Joe Boo came back. This is that. That was a cheer moment. That should have won the well, cheer how moment. Did, how did Joe Boo popping up in this movie not win cheer moment? Well, because I don't know. <laughs> the devil works harder. That's why. <laughs> uh. And it works. Downtown starts to become a more well-rounded hitter, and the Buzz keep on winning. After a victory, Gus is interviewed by a local news team, as the Buzz are now a first-place team. The reporter eggs on the rivalry between Gus and Huff, talking about how Huff said downtown doesn't have what it takes to be a major leaguer. So Gus issues a challenge to Huff, saying he would put his year's salary on the line to play the Twins again, and if Huff puts his position on the line. 
but this time Gus wants to play on the Buzz home field. Huff watches this whole interview from Dom's off- Dorn's office and then smashes the TV with a bat, but Dorn tells him that if he doesn't take the challenge, everyone's going to be, going to be calling him a coward. So the game is on. What does he care, the though? He, he's, he's already not respected. Yeah, right? Like, I don't have to do anything. Right. I'm the manager. I I run the twins, essentially. I can do whatever I want. Yeah. So the game is on, and the twins arrive at Buzz Stadium, and Jobu, or Jopu, depending on the closed captioning, make an appearance. Uh, Gus gives a speech, which is less inspiring and more, let's go embarrass this big league team, and the game begins. Gus and Huff turn in the lineup cards and shake hands, and Gus asks Huff where he get got his toupee, which makes Huff look like an idiot as he pulls his hair to a ridiculous sight. Game begins, and the Twins jump out to an early 3-0 lead thanks to a double by Carlos Liston. But the Buzz inch their way back into the game, and it's 4-3 by the top of the ninth. Huff gets progressively drunker, maybe, throughout the game, <laughs> as he just kind of goes off the deep end. Yeah, yeah. McGintley gets progressively drunker as the show goes on. <laughs> maybe. So Liston comes to the plate with runners on and hits two very long foul balls. So Gus comes out of the out to the mound to calm down calm down hog and gives hog the option to walk liston but hog says he wants to brush him off the plate so the next pitch he throws high and tight and liston hits the deck and then approaches the mound but hog tells him to stop and vaguely threatens to throw a fastball point blank at liston's head if he comes any closer liston thinks about it then goes back to the batter's box and strikes out on a curveball and we have bottom of the ninth tanaka gets a ba- tanaka gets a base hit to lead off and downtown comes up before the at-bat, downtown comes back to Gus and asks if he wants him to sacrifice and move Tanaka into scoring position. Call back. Yep. It's also interesting that this game ends not with two outs in the bottom of the ninth. This yeah. is you know, Tanaka let off the inning, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah, like I said, there was no no drama. Yeah, but Gus tells him he wants to go downtown and he wants him to put it in an other zip code, as he said. Fair. He So he goes up to the plate. God damn it. But, uh, he does say... He does. He gets two strikes on him. Yep. All right, real quick. I'm terrified to say to be fair now. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm begging you guys, begging you. I, I'm. I, I, please do not do that. Do that to me. Hat in hand. Yes. I. I, I am. I, I. I am a broken man, and I. I need you to not do that anymore, because I say it more often than I think I say it. Oh man! That's why. It, okay. If you listen back, you'll when I say to be fair, you'll hear me say, "God damn it!" It was it wasn't <laughs> towards Anthony talking or anything. It was me having that Pavlov's dog moment. Like, oh my god, he's gonna say it. <laughs> and yeah, uh, I again, I'm a broken man. So I just I I, I implore you, please. This is, what were you gonna say? Uh, <laughs> downtown gets two strikes <laughs> on him, so. There is a little bit of drama, just a tad. Yes. But again, it would have been one out if he doesn't get it. Right. So it, but the drama of the movie is that downtown needs to prove that he can hit pitching from the major level. Right. Right. Yeah. It's that, if Peter Serrano comes up and wins the game, it's kind of <laughs> anticlimactic. Although it would have been just as fun because I like Pedro. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so he goes up to the plate and swings through the first pitch, then fouls off pitch number two. Then he takes a third pitch deep and wins the game on a walk-off home run. <laughs> and everyone celebrates. Go ahead. He, the, the entire time, Huff is alienating a player who might be in their organization at one point again. Right? Yeah. He, he's making fun of him. He hits the pop-up, and he's like, Huff is like, oh, I got it. I got it. <laughs> How on earth are you a, a coach of anything? You shouldn't even coach a Little yeah. League team the way you act. The 
<laughs> it's so funny because Huff at the beginning of this movie is such a completely different Huff by the end of this movie, and there's no reason for it. No. Right at the beginning, he's just he's you know uh, he's trying to be slick and oh I'm the big league yeah. manager, and then towards the end he's just a bully. He's and kind of just a buffoon, yeah. really. Yeah. Uh, everyone celebrates Huff bemoans, and he now lost his job and is now a buzz. The airport. Oh. At the airport, Dorn says a deal's a deal, and Twin's job is his if Gus wants it. Which I'm not sure if that's really how it works. I guess you could just yeah, fi- outright fire Huff. <laughs> but Gus says that there's more good he can do as a minor league manager than a major league manager. And then he and Maggie are off on a honeymoon, leaving Dorn there at the airport. And that's how Major League Back to the Miners ends with a pretty great song about the call from the cheap seats, yeah. which is just kind of wraps up this feeling of minor league teams. Like in a nice little bow. I, I had a lot more fun with this movie. I, I mean, obviously, I've seen this before, and you guys have seen this before. I thought I was going to come and just going to hate it because like, I haven't seen this in maybe twenty years, close to twenty years. But I had a good time with it. It's fun. Uh, it's not anywhere close to as good as the first two. But if the fact that it's called Major League means that we get to see Pedro Serrano, Tanaka, and Rube again, then you know what? I'll take that. Well said. I, I agree 100%. It's, I think I had more fun with it this time around knowing what the purpose of, of the watch was. Mm-hmm. Uh, because every time I've watched it, I've just kind of had it on. This one was to, you know, to analyze it a little bit. And I, I did find myself enjoying it more and how silly it was and how it didn't take itself seriously. It was here for a, a goofy sports movie. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating because, like, none of these characters, like, most of these side characters do not have personality like characteristics that are consistent like i mean like hog is like the surfer dude but he and then he he has his moment at the end with like coming face to face with carlos liston but like his characterization is not that he's a coward right and that be like that becomes his whole storyline between him and carlos is that carlos intimidates him um and then lance is just there like he's like oh he he's ballet and like he had a problem with fielding for a hot second and that goes out the window. <laughs> right. Because he gave him an oven mitt one practice. Is it because they were trying to mirror the first uh like the, the like the first two major leagues where in the first one they they focus on uh Roger Dorn who was a third baseman and the pitcher. They, they focus on two pitchers, right? They have the older pitcher and yeah. and uh, Ricky Vaughn and then they're focusing on uh, I mean, they focus on a good amount of players, but I wonder if that's why they went to the third baseman Lance because oh well, we we follow Dorn, so this yeah. is kind of a mirror. Maybe I I don't know. Sure, I think it probably has something to do with that. I think this movie obviously like it it wants to bring those elements of the first couple of movies, but it's it's got a different it's got a different plan. Like obviously, mm-hmm. most this big most of the story is the is the rivalry between Scott Bakula and. Ted McGinley, and I think that's uh, the reason why we don't spend a lot of time on every those pieces that we that are familiar from the first two movies. This is like, well, we've got that's not really what this movie is about. It's about okay. this, and we yeah. need to kind of create this motif that like the first two movies, but we're not really that concerned with it. Yeah, and Euchre even makes a reference as that this movie is going to be different, you know, because this was PG thirteen, um, and the other two are R, I believe. The first um, one was the second one was PG thirteen. Okay. Oh, then it ruined my argument a little bit because his reference that he is now his favorite drink is Diet Coke. Um, <laughs> was me thinking him making a reference that this wasn't an R rated movie. 
I think it I think it goes back to the fact that he's now in a minor league announcer because yeah. he has a drinking problem. <laughs> he even says it on the the uh the bus when they go to Minnesota. He's like I I picked a hell of a decade to quit drinking or something like that. Yeah, yeah, right when they're getting off to uh to play the Twins. Yeah. So, yeah, I had a lot more fun than I was gonna, I thought I was going to have with this. So, I'm glad we watched it. I'm glad this one. I'm sorry, Mark, that we are never at least in the near future, we are never going to watch Summer Catch. Freddie Prince Jr is dead to me. There you go. I had meant to bring up like, did you just decide on the fly that we're retiring Summer Catch? <laughs> I so I made that announcement on the podcast that you missed the uh, um, Leprechaun episode. Yeah, because both Mark and I realized that this might be the four. I never went back and and found how many times Summer Catch was in a poll, but it was about four times, let's say. So I said, no more. If it doesn't win, <laughs> it's got to be reti- at least for the immediate future. Yeah, I know it's at least three because the first two were. It was a joke that it fell into you know um right i think we did like summer movies or something like that you pick summer catch um this and then something else yeah they were back-to-back polls and summer catch fit both criteria so yeah that's gonna do it for this week uh this we got we all new brand episode brand new episode next week if you're listening to this well if you're listening to this obviously you're listening to us if you're hearing i don't even know why i said that <laughs> uh check out the socials and all that kind of good stuff if you want any if you want to let us know any movies reach out to us all our socials are there um yeah that's it we got a great episode coming up next week probably i assume so um, that's gonna wrap us up this week the director of uh major league back to the minors was john warren so for dan aquino and mark myers this is anthony lovecchio telling john warren well you certainly made a movie didn't you Thanks for listening to They Called Us a Movie. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at TicTampod. That's T-C-T-A-M-Pod. You can also check us out on TikTok at They Called Us a Movie.